So I have here a copy of my uh, resume that I prepared at the end of undergraduate. I haven't changed it since then, um, pretty much because I went into the seminary, so I didn't need one. But, uh, and I'm going to read some parts of it to you. Uh, don't worry. No need to be alarmed. Monsignor has not fired me. Though he was tempted a few weeks ago after the protein shake incident. You're going to hear it. So... When we were, so we always have protein shakes in the fridge, uh, which we like for after workouts. And um, one day, about a couple weeks ago, we were running low on protein shakes. And all that was left were uh, two protein shakes in the fridge. And we wouldn't get another shipment for about another week. And so around lunchtime, um, I was scrounging uh, up some food in the fridge. And I noticed that there was no protein shakes left. And I was like, that's odd, you know, uh, there was two protein shakes this morning and my senior doesn't typically drink more than one a day, but, you know, ah, whatever, it just, he probably drank both of them for his meal replacement. And so I just went back to making uh, my lunch. At one point I need some cheese, and so uh, I reached into the back of the cheese drawer and then uh, my fingers hit something that was not cheese. And when I pulled it out, lo and behold, it was a protein shake. The last protein shake. And I knew exactly at that moment what Monsignor had done. <laughs> he had hidden it so he could have it the next day for himself. That sneaky, sneaky Monsignor. So, But I wasn't going to let him get away with it. And so... I did my usual lift, um, and then I, my usual post-routine of drinking a protein shake, but instead of drinking it in my room, I went over to his, and I knocked on the door as if I had a question. He said, hey, Monsignor, I got a question, uh, and then so he answered the door, and then right as he was answering the door, I just took a big swig from it, <laughs> and his jaw dropped, and it was absolutely a gas. He, he couldn't believe it, and he was like, I can't believe you, as if it was my fault. <laughs> I was like, I caught you. you. You tried to have both of them. I just had my fair share. And so, yeah, his, his face there. I was close to getting fired then, but, but I'm back. So, so anyways, back to my resume. Um, just going to go with a few parts. So honors, uh, seven, eight times dean list. So very good. Um, I was a residence assistant. Planned and executed three projects a semester, ranging from 10 to 150 people in attendance. Uh, enforce university policy and build community among 50 students. Um, I was an intern at Lighthouse Catholic Media, and uh, summer intern was a position. Uh, wrote blog posts and contributed posts for social media. Uh, ooh, this one sounds very nice. Reconstructed warehouse and shipping boxes to maximize efficiency, reduce waste by 25%. Uh, then also, um, I was an aquatic supervisor from summers of 2011-2013, managed daily operations for facility with maximum capacity of 1,500 people, oversaw training of 30 lifeguards, ensuring compliance with safety protocols, and then there's some extracurricular and volunteer positions, so rugby club, officer, wine club, president, <laughs> volleyball club, member, and then uh, IS. I, society member, uh, etc. 
So, um, this is the form of the prayer of a Pharisee. His prayer reads more like a resume, a brag sheet. But God is not a prospective employer. Uh, he's a loving father. And unlike a prospective employer, he's not impressed by our resumes. You haven't told him anything he doesn't know. And what is more, you've left out often what is most important, the truth, the full truth. Now I'm going to read my resume just a little bit differently. Uh, the eight times Dean's List recipient, barely most of those times, barely got it. Um, when it came to being a residence assistant, so three projects a semester range from 10 to 150 people in attendance, mostly 10 people. <laughs> mostly 10 people, and one of them was uh, teaching people how to make cocktails, so, you know. Uh, let's see. Um, Summer internship, reconstructed warehouse. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Reduced waste by 25%. That's, that's pretty bold. Um, and then when it came to aquatic supervisor, it says summers 2011, 2013, but the first two summers I was a lifeguard, not a supervisor. So it gives the impression as if I was a supervisor all three years. And so um, what I'm doing, uh, what I'm now doing better resembles the form of the prayer of the tax collector. In last week's gospel, Jesus encouraged us to be persistent in prayer with his parable. But this week, uh, he, he teaches us what our prayer should look like. Our prayer should read less like a resume and more like a diary. Jesus is calling us to be humble and vulnerable in our prayer. He's telling us to name our weakness and sin, to be honest and implore his mercy and in doing so, we are justified, we are saved. Why is that? Why must we pray and be so vulnerable and humble with him? I mean, we're not telling him anything he doesn't know, so why do we have to tell him? First, simply because he tells us to do so, but he's telling us to do so not for his sake, but for ours. Prayer doesn't change God, prayer changes us. Jesus loves us, and he wants to be in relationship with us. And for anyone here who has experienced real friendship, they know that it cannot be had without real vulnerability, without opening oneself up to the other, without being humble when you fall and asking for forgiveness. And this is also why prayer can be difficult for us, because we're afraid to be vulnerable, to really get at what's going on in our heart. Because we have shared our hearts before only to have them shattered. We have confided in others only to have that confidence betrayed because we have been wounded time and time again and we don't want to be wounded again. And so we have sought to numb ourselves, you know, uh, thinking it better not to feel at all than to feel hurt. And so we have turned to things instead of people at times, uh, thinking that even though they can't ultimately make us happy, at least they won't hurt us. At least food and drink will always be there for me. At least sports will always distract me. At least my pets don't talk back. But Christ won't betray you when you are vulnerable with him in prayer. And what is more, he made himself vulnerable first when he mounted the cross, stripped of everything but his love for us. And he bore every suffering and hurt for our sake that we might be saved. 
So don't hide your heart in the back of a cheese drawer or format it like someone who's trying to impress an employer. Humbly just place it before the Lord who loves you and be humble and vulnerable in your prayer.